Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you today? I'm doing well, Chris. How about yourself? I'm, I'm giddy. I'm giddy. I'm giddy. I, I just, you know, I love talking horses, but talking about draft horses today when I saw this topic, I just lit up. I've worked with some draft horses in my career. I don't know why. I mean, I know the minis make me laugh and I love our minis, but when I see a draft horse, I just smile. I just smile. They're the sweetest mass. Maybe it's because I'm just tall and big and I'm just kind of like a gentle giant. <laughs> you see yeah. you, you see yourself yes. in them. <laughs> yes, yes. I see a lot of myself in them. I just, I love them. They're amazing horses. I have, you know, I've, I've ridden and handled a lot of like big warm bloods and stuff, but just being next to some of those draft, draft horses, I mean, they weigh 2000 pounds sometimes and they're 20 <laughs> hands tall. And yeah, it, it, it's a little overwhelming, but also pretty breathtaking at the same time that we, that they allow us to handle them and work with us and all of those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I've worked with Percherons and their necks are just Oh, you know, I've never worked with the Shire horse because there's not many of them left in the world, you know, but but I, I, that's one of my dreams is to work with one of them one day. But all right. So today we're talking draft horses and we, we thought since we did a mini episode a few weeks ago, let's, let's reverse it and let's go to our, our massive horses. So can you just kind of, for the listeners that haven't worked with draft horses or, or really seen them, can you just kind of describe them? I mean, who are our draft horses? The really big ones. Yes. <laughs> so it encompasses multiple different breeds. Um, certainly, probably the one, like, even if you're not a horse person that you've probably had some exposure to would be the Clydesdales because you mm-hmm, see the mm-hmm. Budweiser Clydesdales. The basic characteristic of your draft breeds is, frankly, that they are really big. They were way back when, and still sometimes today, bred to do farm work. Uh, so they had to be really strong um, horses. They pulled equipment. They did all sorts of amazing things before we had the technology to do it otherwise. So if you think about them, there's there's very specific breed characteristics for the different breeds. But in general, they are very large horses. They tend to be really thickly built as well. A lot of them also have a lot of hair, see long manes, feathers on their legs, not all of them, but just kind of like draft horse as a whole. Those are some of the distinguishing characteristics. Yeah. And many of them are still, you know, yeah, you're like, you're right. They're, they're still working horses and they're just, yeah, they're amazing. So one of the things you hear about them is, is cold blooded. So that maybe we can explain that for the listeners because that does, that does describe their demeanor, right? Sure. Yeah. It's kind of a weird, I mean, that's a way back when horse term, like hot blooded, cold blooded, because they're all warm blooded. They're mammals, but your hot blooded horses would be your thoroughbreds, your Arabians, your cold blooded horses are your draft types. And it is in large part a way to talk about the general demeanor on average of those horses. And then, you know, we have warm bloods in the middle, like Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, way, way back, uh, you had that mixture of hot and cold bloods and you got warm bloods, which have then a lot of times been very specifically genetically selected. Um, So you have your registries today and those are not, you know, F1 crosses of hot and cold blood, but you still see that as well, like with your draft crosses. Um, But ultimately cold blood, 
Not to say that there aren't some spicy draft horses. <laughs> I know. But I know. <laughs> on average, mm-hmm. part of what they were bred for was good demeanor um, mm-hmm. because they're incredibly big. Humans worked really closely with them with equipment. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they had to be calm in order to do that job. Very, very, very calm, very calm. Now, you, you mentioned it in the beginning, talking about them. Very muscular, very strong. Uh, they're just massive. Like I said, that percher on neck is just, it's huge. So how does that affect their nutrition? You know, thinking about how they've been bred through the centuries, what does that mean for them uh, at the dinner table or breakfast or lunch? (laughs) (laughs) At the feed pan. Good question. So broadly speaking, just like we scale down nutrient requirements for our minis, we scale them up for our draft horses because they're all on a weight basis, thinking about our vitamins, our minerals, some of those. Where the difference in muscle type, for example, that you're talking about tends to come into play is a difference in energy requirements. So they were in general built to do slower, longer, harder work. So really muscular work versus your Arabian horse who is bred to go forever, your thoroughbred who is bred to go fast. So it actually impacts more of the type of muscles they have. So they developed the muscles that were meant to do slower, stronger jobs. That combined with their calm demeanor really does influence in general their energy needs. So a lot of your draft horses can be easy keepers. Um, That's certainly not to say, though, that some of them don't need incredible quantities of feed just based on their size. And some of them, even though it's long, slow work, work really hard still. Um, But in general, your draft horses were really just scaling up their needs because most of them are on a body weight basis, vitamins, minerals, those things. No, that makes sense too. You know, whenever... I have not seen the draft horses I've worked with them running across the field all day, you know, unlike some of our thoroughbreds or Arabians that are just constantly on the move. They're, they're a little bit more flighty. So they're burning more energy every day just because they are that hot blooded, a little bit more excitable horse where the draft horse would just look at you and go, okay, there goes the tractor. Okay. yay. (laughs) Are you bringing me lunch? No, you're not bringing me lunch. Okay. I'll go back to grazing where, you know, the Arabians up and down the fence line. So a couple of questions with them. Does the Henneke body condition scoring system still apply to our draft horses? And does our weight tape system, you know, because obviously we don't, not many people have livestock scales for a 2000 pound horse, but can we still use those with our draft horses? Good question. Yep. The Henneke body condition system does definitely still apply. And that's, you know, one to nine, one being emaciated, nine being super fat, four to six considered healthy in the middle. I would say that draft horses in general tend to trend towards the upper end of that scale. Uh, In part, a lot of them are easy keepers, but not all of them. And also, you know, just preference for breed type. So, you know, we've talked quite a bit about how there's a range of healthy and the discipline or the breed that you do might influence where in that healthy range that you are targeting and draft horses as a whole would tend to target the upper range of that. Although ideally you still keep them in the healthy range, which doesn't always happen. That's a challenge managing them. In terms of weight tapes, 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, your standard weight tape honestly usually doesn't get that big. I, I know. <laughs> I was like, can you even use it? I've weight taped a draft horse. Uh, there are there are just like we talked about the minis equations developed for draft horses that one give you a more precise measurement. That's not to say that a weight tape isn't valuable in the sense of showing you directional change. It can be challenging when we look at a horse every day to see if they're losing or gaining slowly over time. So if you find a weight tape big enough, you know, it can certainly be valuable just to make sure that you're maintaining your target body condition on that horse when you're, you know, just looking at them every day and it can be hard to see those changes. Right. And just, you know, important in, in calculating diets and stuff, knowing the weight of the horse, cause they're, they're just so massive. Now, Generally, we consider them easy keepers, right? And I don't know if you can just touch upon that. We did a whole podcast, you know, a couple months ago on easy keepers, hard keepers. Very well worth the listen uh, if, if you're not familiar with that. But what does that mean for them? It means that normally, I'm not saying this is every draft mm-hmm. horse because I've definitely worked with the draft horse who needs to gain weight, but the easy keeping draft horse or other breed your primary focus is getting those non-energy nutrients into their diet, amino acids, trace minerals, and vitamins, because they're getting the calories they need from forage. That's how they're maintaining their weight, or maybe they even need to lose weight. But we still have to provide them all of those other nutrients. So oftentimes that looks like having a ration balancer as the base of their diet to give them nutrients, but they are very low calorie. That doesn't mean that a draft horse doing you know, a labor intensive job will always need a ration balancer. I certainly feed many of those horses more than a ration balancer, but largely speaking, many of them are easy keepers. So our number one focus is making sure we get in all their nutrients and then just balance the rest of their diet to provide the calories they need to maintain their weight, do their job. But what you don't want to do is take a feed that you know, for your average size horse was meant to be fed at four pounds per day. Mm-hmm. Scale that up for your draft horse. And you might need to feed six, seven, eight pounds of that feed to get all the non-energy nutrients into their diet. And if that's too many calories and you only feed them four pounds, like you did your average thoroughbred, you'd be shortchanging them those other nutrients. So just keeping that in mind with those big guys, we are scaling up the minimum amount required. Um, and we actually, you know, a lot of times the label on your feed tag doesn't, it doesn't get big enough for these guys. We have mm-hmm. expanded versions of those on our website that help you based on weight. See, oh yeah, my minimum isn't four pounds because my horse is twice as big right, as right. your average size horse. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just plug in here too. If, again, if you have any questions, there's always the contact us link uh, in the show notes. Always feel free to, to reach out to the team there for a free consultation, uh, especially if, you know, if you're, you're feeding draft horses and you need some help. So what are some of the concerns with draft horses? You know, I'm thinking nutritionally, metabolically, you know, obesity is a problem maybe and some other things. Sure. So with any of our easy keeping horses, we know that obesity increases the likelihood of developing insulin resistance. And there are certainly draft horses who have insulin resistance. So in those horses, a low NSC diet is what we want to focus on. I will say in general, I am focusing on low NSC diets for draft horses as a whole, even if they don't have insulin resistance, because in many of our draft horse breeds, particularly like your Belgians and your Percherons, PSSM type one is extremely prevalent in the breed. Mm -hmm. So that's a muscle myopathy. 
polysaccharide storage myopathy type 1. And that's actually a glycogen storage disease. So what ends up happening is when they get sugar from their diet, there's sugar in every horse's diet, they're incredibly efficient at storing that sugar in their muscles. But unfortunately, they store it in an abnormal form. So it makes it hard to get out of the muscle in order to give them energy when they're working. In some of our other breeds, uh, like quarter horse types, that oftentimes looks like horses that tie up. Okay, so they're doing work and all of a sudden they become incredibly uncomfortable. They might start shaking, refuse to move. You'll see them pee really dark urine afterwards because they're breaking down their own muscle. That can happen in the draft horse. A lot of times the symptoms of PSSM type 1 in the draft horse don't look like that. Um, They might be soreness, muscle weakness, muscle loss, but because it's such a prevalent disease, uh, particularly in some of our more popular draft breeds that are in, you know, this part of the world, we feed a diet that's lower NSC to start. And then if they need additional calories, the other component of that PSSM type one diet is added fat. So basically what we're trying to do is retrain the muscles to use fat for energy instead of carbohydrates. But if we have one of those horses, those are some of the things that I'm thinking about because there's a good likelihood, I mean, some of the breeds greater than 80% carry at least one copy of the gene. So really, it's just a risk management. Even if they're not showing symptoms today, we're going to go ahead and feed them to minimize the impact of that disease down the road. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Things to, to be mindful of. Now I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I have a 2000 pound draft horse and I'm, I'm starting to do the, the math in my head. What does a feeding plan look for like for them each day? I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> 2000 pounds. If I do my hay calculations and then my, my concentrate calculations, I guess if you can just kind of put the numbers out there, what say you have a 2000 pound non-working or lightly worked Clydesdale horse, what would your feeding plan look like for them? So for that horse, thinking about forage, the minimums mm-hmm. still apply, just like our light horse, mm-hmm. which is 1.5% of their body weight forage per day. So if he is 2,000 pounds <laughs> and uh, multiply that by 1.5%, you're looking at a minimum of 30 pounds of forage per you're day. You're going through bales of hay quickly yep. in a week. Yep. Minimum. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then thinking about his non-energy nutrient requirements... So we'd look at, let's say he doesn't need additional calories. Looking at our average size horse, we'd look at a ration balancer. So essential K, wholesome blends balancer. At maintenance, the average size horse needs one pound a day, two pounds if they're working. So this is where, I mean, it doesn't sound like that much more, but we're essentially doubling his needs. So he would need two pounds at maintenance or four pounds in light work just to provide all those non-energy essential nutrients. If he is working, then we're going to start adding additional calories on top of that. The first place you always add is more hay. Let's say more hay doesn't do the job or higher quality hay. Then a lot of times I'm looking at adding calm and easy. If I can't feed him eight pounds, that'd be too many calories. I'd feed him two or three pounds of essential K and some quantity of calm and easy to maintain his body condition on top of that and just vary it based on how hard he's working, 
the quality of his forage, all of those things. But yeah, just thinking solely about forage. It's like minimum. A <laughs> yeah. And hard keeping. Yeah. One. That's what I'm saying. 50 pounds of, yeah. They would eat percent. Yeah. Yeah. Two and a half percent per day. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, but they're worth it. They're so amazing. Uh, just, uh, I love our horses. Well, thanks, Nicole. I think that that's a good overview for our draft horses. For our listeners that own them, you know, take care of those babies. But for overall, you know, if you have any questions about your horse, whether it's a mini all the way up to a draft horse, like I said earlier, feel free to contact the tribute team. They do a wonderful job, you know, giving you a free consultation, helping you develop a feeding plan for your horses. And thank you for the comments on Facebook and the reviews on iTunes. It means a lot to us. And just stay tuned next week for another great episode. Thanks, Chris.